Section seventy of London Labour and the London Poor by Henry Mayhew, Volume One. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Peter Yearsley. The Street Folk, Part seventy. The feelings of the blind, apart from their mere sufferings as poor men, are well described in some of the narratives I give, and the account of a blind man's dreams is full of interest man is blessed with the power of seeing dreams it should be remembered visionally but the blind man to whose statement i invite attention dreams it will be seen like the rest of his fraternity through the sense of hearing or of feeling best known as touching that is to say by audible or tactile representations some of the poor blind he told me are polishers wheel turners but there is not employment for one in one hundred at this my informant only knew two so engaged people he says are glad to do it and will work at as low wages as the blind some of the blind too blow blacksmiths forges at foundries others are engaged as cutlers wheel turners there was one talking to me the other day and he said he'd get me a job that way others again turn mangles but at this there is little employment to be had another blind acquaintance of my informants chops chaff for horses many of the blind are basket makers learning the business at the blind school but one half i am told can't make a living at this after leaving the school they can't do the work so neatly and waste more rods than the other workers other blind people are chair bottomers and others make rope mats with a frame but all of these can scarcely make a living many blind people play church organs some blind men are shoemakers but their work is so inferior it is almost impossible to live by it the blind people are forced to the streets because they say they can do nothing else to get a living at no trade even if they know one can they get a living for they are not qualified to work against those who can see and what's more labourers wages are so low that people can get a man with his eyesight at the same price as they could live upon there's many a blind basket-weaver playing music in the streets cause he can't get work at the trade i know one blind basket-maker can make fifteen shillings a week at his trade but then he has a good connection and works for himself the work all comes home he couldn't make half that working for a shop at turning wheels there's nothing to be done there's so many seeing men out of employment that's glad to do the work at the same price as the blind so that unless the blind will go into the workhouse they must fly to the streets the police i'm told treat the blind very differently some of the force are very good to them and some has no feelings at all they shove them about worse than dogs but the police is just like other men good and bad amongst them they're very kind to me said my blind informant and they have a difficult duty to perform and some persons like colonel cavendish make them harsher to us than they would be i inquired whether my blind informant had received one of the census papers to fill up and he told me that he had heard nothing about them and that he had certainly made no return to the government about his blindness but what it was to the government whether he was blind or not he couldn't tell his wife was blind as well as himself and there was another blind man living in his room and none of his blind friends that he had heard of had ever received any of the papers some blind people in the streets carry laces there are some five men and one woman at the west end do this and three of these have dogs to lead them one stands always on langham place 
one carries cabbage nets he is an old man of seventy year with white hair and is likewise led by a dog another carries matches he has a large family and he is often led by one of his boys there is a blind woman who always sits by the polytechnic and has indeed done so since it was built she gets her living by sewing making caps and things for ladies another blind woman obtains a livelihood by knitting garters and covers for bread trays and backs of chairs she generally walks about in the neighbourhood of baker street and portman square many recite a lamentation as they go along but in many parts of london the police will not allow them to do so it's a very jealous place is london the police is so busy but many recites the lamentation for all that it's a feeling thing oh they're very touching words the greater part in the streets are musicians five to one are or ten to one my informant thinks last thursday week there were seven blind musicians all playing through the streets together in one band there are four living in york court two in grafton court two in clement's lane one in orchard place two in gray's buildings two in half moon street in the city and two in a court hard by one up by bull's pond two in rose court whitechapel three in golden lane two at chelsea three in westminster one up at paddington one woman in marylebone one in westminster one in gray's inn lane one in whitechapel in all thirty-one but my informant was satisfied there must be at least as many more or sixty blind musicians in all in the course of a former inquiry into the character and condition of street performers i received the following account from a blind musician the street blind tried some years back to maintain a burying and sick club of our own but we were always too poor we live in rooms i don't know one blind musician who lives in a lodging-house i myself know a dozen blind men now performing in the streets of london the blind musicians are chiefly married men i don't know one who lives with a woman unmarried the loss of sight changes a man he doesn't think of women and women don't think of him we are of a religious turn too generally when we agreed to form the blind club there was not more than a dozen members these consisted of two basket makers one mat maker four violin players myself and my two mates and this was the number when it dropped for want of funds that's now sixteen years ago we were to pay a shilling a month and sick members were to have five shillings a week when they had paid two years our other rules were the same as other clubs there's a good many blind who play at sailors dances wapping and deptford way we seldom hire children to lead us in the streets we have plenty of our own generally i have five our wives are generally women that have their eyesight but some blind men marry blind women my informant was satisfied that there were at least one hundred blind men and women getting their living in the streets and about five hundred throughout the country there are many who stay continually in brighton bristol liverpool birmingham manchester newcastle on tyne plymouth and indeed all large towns there are a great many blind people i'm told he said in cornwall it's such a humane place for them the people has great feeling for the blind they're very religious there and a many lose their sight in the mines and that's what makes them have a feeling for others so 
this man heard a calculation made some time back that there were five thousand blind people including those in schools and asylums within five miles round st paul's the most of the blind have lost their sight by the smallpox nine out of every ten of the musicians have done so since the vaccination has been discovered i am told the cases of blindness from smallpox have been considerably increased oh that was a very clever thing very said the blind bootlace seller to me those who have not lost their sight by the smallpox have gone blind from accidents such as substances thrown or thrust in the eyes or inflammation induced from cold and other ailments my informant was not acquainted with one blind person in the streets who had been born blind one of his acquaintance who had been blind from birth caught the smallpox and obtained his sight after recovery at eight years old the great majority have lost their sight at an early age when mere children indeed they have consequently been trained to no employment those few who have my informant knew too been educated in the blind schools as basket makers are unable to obtain employment at this like a seeing person why the time that a blind man's feeling for the hole to have a rod through a seeing man will have it through three or four times the blind people in the streets mostly know one another they say they have all a feeling of brotherly love for another owing to their being similarly afflicted if i was going along the street and had a guide with me that could see they would say here's a blind man or blind woman coming i would say put me up to them so as i'll speak to them then i should say as i laid my hand upon them hello who's this they'd say i'm blind i should answer so am i what's your name would be the next question oh i've heard tell of you most like i should say do you know so-and-so i would say yes he's coming to see me or perhaps i'm going to see him on sunday then we say do you belong to any of the institutions that's the most particular question of all and if he's not a traveller and we never heard tell of one another the first thing we should ask would be how did you lose your sight you see the way in which the blind people in the streets gets to know one another so well is by meeting at the houses of gentlemen when we goes for our pensions the boot shoe and stay laces are carried by the blind i am told seldom for sale for it's very few they sell of them they have they say to prevent the police or mendicity from interfering with them though the police do not often show a disposition to obstruct them the officers of the mendicity society they tell me are their worst enemies these however have desisted from molesting them because the magistrates object to commit a blind man to prison the blind never ask anybody for anything they tell me their cry is simply bootlace bootlace when they do sell they charge a penny halfpenny per pair for the leather bootlaces one penny per pair the silk bootlaces and a halfpenny per pair for the cotton bootlaces and a halfpenny each for the stay laces they generally carry black laces only because the white ones are so difficult to keep clean for the stay laces they pay twopence a dozen and for the bootlaces fivepence a dozen for the leather or for the silk ones and a penny farthing for the cotton each of the bootlaces is double so that a dozen makes a dozen pair they buy them very frequently at a swag shop in compton street my informant carried only the black cotton laces and doesn't sell six pennyworth in a week he did not know of a blind bootlace seller that sold more than he did 
Formerly, the blind people in the street used to make a great deal of money. Up to the beginning of the peace and during all the war, the blind got money in handfuls. Where there was one blind man travelling then, there's ten now. If they didn't take two pounds and two pounds ten shillings a day in a large town, it was reckoned a bad day's work for the musicianers. Almost all the blind people then played music. In wartime there was only one traveller, Tramp. There are one hundred now. There was scarcely a common lodging house then in one town out of the three, and now there's not a village hardly in the country but what there's one, and perhaps two or three. Why, the lodging house is coin money now. Look at a traveller's house where there's twenty beds. Two in each bed, at threepence each, and that's ten shillings, you know. There was very few blind beggars then, and what there was done well. Certainly done well. They could get hatfuls of money almost. But then money was of no value scarcely. You could get nothing for it most. But now if you get a little, you can buy a plenty with it. What is worth sixpence now fetched two shillings then. I wasn't in the streets then. I wish I had been. I should have made a fortune. I think I should. The blind beggars then could get two pounds a day if they went to look for it. I myself, said one, when I first began, have gone and sat myself down by the side of the road and got my one pound all in half pence. When I went to Braintree, I stood beside a public house, the orange tree, just by where the foot people went on to the fairground, and I took fifteen shillings a day for two days only standing there a-pattering my lamentation from one o'clock till the dusk in the evening. This is what I said. You feeling Christians look with pity unto my grief relate. Pity my misfortune, for my sufferings are great. I'm bound in dismal darkness, a prisoner I am led, poor and blind, just in prime, brought to beg my bread, when in my pleasant youthful days in learning took delight. And when I was in the country I used to say, and by the smallpox I lost my precious sight, some says by an inflammation. I've lost all earthly comforts, but since it is God's will, the more I cannot see the day, he'll be my comfort still. In vain I have sought doctors, their learned skill did try, but they could not relieve me, nor spare one single eye. So now in dismal darkness forevermore must be to spend my days in silent tears, till death doth set me free. But had I all the treasures that decks an Indian shore, was all in my possession, I'd part with that wealthy store. If I once more could gain my sight, and when could gladly view that glorious light to get my bread, and work once more like you. Return, you tender Christians, dear, and pity my distress. Relieve a helpless prisoner that's blind and comfortless. I hope that Christ, our great Redeemer, your kindness will repay, and reward you with a blessing on the judgment day. Some say, pity the poor blind, but the lamentation is better. It's a very feeling thing. Many people stand still and hears it right through, and gives a halfpenny. I'd give one myself any day to hear it well said. I'm sure the first time I heard it the very flesh crept on my bones. I learnt it to one blind man myself last summer. Now, just to show you the difference of things, two years afterwards I went to the very same place where I had took one pound by the roadside, as I told, and all I got was four shillings. So you can see how things was falling. The day I took the one pound there was only one blind man in the town beside me, but when I got the four shillings there was three men blind there. But things now is much worse, bless you, a hundred times worse. If I went now to Braintree Fair, I don't think as I should take three shillings. 
You see, there's so many blind men now about that I shouldn't wonder if there'd be eight or ten at that very fair. They don't know where to run to now to get a halfpenny. There's so many blind people that persons make game of them. If they see two near one another, they cries out, "There's opposition." See what things has come to. Twelve years ago, I should have thought the town was completely done and people quite tired of me if I didn't get my shilling going down only one side of a street, and now I may go up and down and not get a penny. If I get thruppence, I am very well satisfied. But mind, I may perhaps sometimes meet a gentleman who may give me a shilling or one who may give me two shillings and sixpence. A person the other day tapped me on the shoulder near Brook Street and said, "Here's half a crown for you." Why, even five year ago, one gentleman gave me one pound twice over within three months, and Prince Napoleon gave me a sovereign last twenty-third of June was two year. I know the date because that's the day the blind people goes to the cloth hall to get their quarter's money, twenty-five shillings, and I thought I was as good as they. My informant told me he does better than any of them. Not one does better than me, he said, because I sticks to it night and day. It's twelve o'clock every night before I leave the streets. You know, I leaves home by ten of a morning. I will have it to get a living. Many says they don't know how I stand it to keep so long on my legs. I only has two meals a day: my breakfast, a bit of summer about five or six at a public house. My dog though has plenty. I feeds him well, poor fellow. Many times I sleep as I go, and knock my stick just the same as if I was awake. I get a comfortable living, always a little in debt. I've got a very good character, thank God. Indeed, all the blind men has. They can always get credit, and my dog gets me many a shilling that I wouldn't get at all. But then it's dreadful slavery. I'm never no amusement, always out excepting on Sunday. Then I've got five pounds from Cloth Hall, besides a small pension of one shilling. And two shillings and sixpence, and five shillings a year from different gentlemen, who allows us poor blind a small pension yearly. There are many gentlemen do this at the West End. Some will allow ten shillings a year, and some only one shilling a year to a stated number, and they all pay on a particular day that they may appoint. The Earl of Mansfield allows twenty-four destitute blind people ten shillings and sixpence a year, and his mother gives two blind one pound and four ten shillings. The Baroness Rothschild gives to between seventy and eighty five shillings apiece once a year. Note, bless her," said my informant most heartily. "She is a good woman." End note. The Earl Stanhope gives to between forty and fifty the same sum every year, and he's a fine, kind-hearted gentleman. The Earl of Cork's brother gives eight or nine of us a shilling apiece once a year. Lady Otway Cave. She is very good to us. She gives seventy or eighty of us one shilling each every first of May. But the butler, like a many more, I'm told, takes advantage of the blind and puts them off with sixpence and takes a receipt from them for one shilling. The Earl of Normanton gives two shillings and sixpence to ten of us. Mrs. Mangan of Mayfair gives three two shillings and sixpence apiece. The Honourable Miss Brand one shilling apiece to eight. Lady Clements, Grosvenor Square, two shillings apiece to fifteen. The Marchioness of Aylesbury, five shillings apiece to about thirty. The Earl of Harrowby gives twelve, five shillings apiece. Lord Dudley Stuart gives to seven or eight, five shillings apiece. Mister Gurney, one shilling apiece to forty. Mister Ellis, Arlington Street, two shillings and sixpence apiece to fourteen. 
the marquis of bute used to give five shillings apiece to sixty or seventy but the marchioness since his death has discontinued his allowance the dean of westminster gives a shilling apiece to thirty on boxing day mr spottiswood one shilling apiece to about fourteen archbishop of oxford five shillings apiece to twelve reverend sir samuel jarvis two shillings and sixpence apiece to five lady dundas one shilling apiece to about fourteen or fifteen the earl of besborough one shilling each to ten lord stafford one shilling each to about twenty he used to give two shillings and sixpence but owing to his servant i'm told the sum has been reduced to a shilling lady isabella thin one shilling to ten the countess of carlisle two shillings and sixpence each to sixteen earl fitzwilliam used to give five shillings to some and two shillings and sixpence to others to about twenty the countess of essex two shillings and sixpence each to three lord hatherton two shillings and sixpence each to twelve john ashley war esq five shillings each to twenty-four lord tinmouth two shillings and sixpence each to forty miss vaughan two shillings and sixpence each to forty this is bequeathed for ever lord saltoon five shillings each to three mr hope one shilling each to fifty mr warren bryanstone square one shilling each to twenty-five miss howard york place one shilling each to every blind person that calls on boxing day sir john curtis one shilling each to eighty this is also a bequest lady beresford one shilling each to forty lord robert grosvenor gives a pound each to some few the countess of andover two shillings and sixpence apiece to ten lord stanley used to give three shillings to about twelve but two years ago the allowance was discontinued the marquis of bristol gives ten shillings to eighteen the bishop of london five shillings to every one that can obtain a minister's signature mr mackenzie devonshire place two shillings and sixpence to ten mr deacon two shillings and sixpence to ten miss sheriff manchester square one shilling to twenty miss morrison godogham place one shilling each to ten mrs kitoy wilton crescent one shilling to twenty mrs ferguson two shillings and sixpence each to seven the earl of haddington ten shillings each to twelve i am assured that these are only half of the donors to the blind and that with the exception of lady liddledom there is not one person living eastward of tottenham court road who allows the smallest pension to the blind my informant told me that he knew of no attorneys barristers surgeons physicians soldiers or sailors who distributed any money to the blind nor one tradesman i think i get ten shillings a week regular he said while the quality's in town i'm safe for other times i can't count above five shillings a week at the outside if it's the least damp in the world the quality will not come out the musicians you see have got the chance of a damp day for then all the best people's at home but such as me does well only when they're out if it wasn't for the pensions that the quality gives to the blind during the winter they couldn't do at all the blind people who have guides pay them no wages they find them their victuals and clothes but the guides are mostly children and the blind are very good to them many that i know spoils them the blind people are mostly all of a religious turn of mind they all make a point of attending divine service and the majority of them are catholics my informant knew only five among his blind neighbours who were protestants and two of these were presbyterians one a methodist and two churchmen and on the other hand he numbered up fourteen catholics all going to the same chapel and living within a short distance of himself they are peculiarly distinguished by a love of music 
it's a sure bit of bread to the most besides it makes them independent you see and that's a great thing to people like us there is not one teetotaler i am told among the street blind but they are not distinguished by a love of drink the blind musicians often when playing at public houses are treated to drink and indeed when performing in the streets are taken by drunken men to play at taverns and there supplied with liquor but they do not any of them make a habit of drinking there is however one now in prison who is repeatedly intoxicated and this the blind say is a great injury to them for people who see one of them drunk in the streets believe that they are all alike and there is one peculiarity among them all being continually mistaken for one another however different they may be in features still from the circumstance of their being blind and being mostly accompanied by a dog or a guide few persons can distinguish one from another they are mostly very jealous they tell me because they say every one takes advantage of their affliction even their own children and their own wives some of the wives dress themselves very gaily because they know their husbands can't see their fine clothes particularly those that have got no children then there's none to tell but pray mind i only speaking of some of them don't blame the whole people never took no money out of my dog's basket two gals of the town once did try to steal a shilling out of it that some gentleman had dropped in but the dog barked and they gave a scream and run away many of the blind men have married blind women they say that they don't like seeing women if seeing men find it a hard job to take care of seeing women how are blind men to do it my informant knows six blind men who have married blind wives the blind wives i am told stick closer to home and do not want to go to plays or dances or shows and have no love of dress and they are generally more sober than those who can see a blind person says one has no reason to be as wicked as those that can see there's not half the temptation you know the women do all their household duties as well as if they had their eyesight they make puddings and pies and boil them or send them to the oven as well as quick and as handy as a woman that can see they sweep the floor without leaving a speck and tidy the room and blacklead the grate and whiten the hearth and dress the chimney-piece off quite handsome i can tell you they take great pride in their chimney-piece they like other people to see it and they take great pride in having their house quite clean and neat where i live it's the remark of all that they who can't see have their houses the cleanest i don't know of any blind person that has a looking-glass over the mantelpiece though i'm sure that many would if they had the money just to please their friends and what's more strange the blind wives will wash their husbands shirts quite clean the blind are very fond of their children you see sir said one we owe so much to them they're such helps to us even from their very infancy you'll see a little thing that can hardly walk leading her blind father about and then maybe our affliction makes them loves us the more the blind people are more comfortable at home they are more together and more dependent on one another and don't like going out into company as others do with women a love of company is mostly of a love of seeing others and being seen themselves so the blind wives is happy and contented at home no man that could see unless he was a profligate would think of marrying a blind woman and the blind women knows this and that's why they love their blind husbands the more they pity one another and so can't help liking each other now 
it's strange that with so many blind couples living together no one ever heard of any accident from fire with blind people the fact is their blindness makes them so careful that there's no chance of it besides when there's two blind people together they never hardly light a candle at all except when a stranger comes in and then they always ask him before he leaves to put the light out the blind people generally are persons of great feeling they are very kind and charitable to persons who are in any way afflicted or even to poor persons many of those who live on charity themselves are i am assured very generous to those that want one told me that a beggar had come to his house and he had made him cry with his story my heart he said was that full i was ashamed they're not particularly proud though they like to be well dressed and they say that no one can get a wife so soon as a blind man one assured me that he'd go into any lodging-house in the country and get two or three if he wanted only they'd fight he said you see in the lodging-houses there are many women whose husbands but they're not married you know have told them to go on and said they would follow them which of course they don't or there's many in such places as wants a companion when a blind man goes into one of these houses a woman is sure to say to him can i fetch you anything master half an ounce of tea maybe and when they've got it of course they're invited to have a cup and that does the business she becomes the blind man's guide after that the next morning after telling one another where to meet i'm going such a road they whisper to each other away they starts i've known many a blind man run away with a seeing man's wife the women i think does it for a living and that's all i can't see the least light in the world not the brightest sun that ever shone i have pressed my eyeballs they are quite decayed you see but i have pushed them in and they have merely hurt me and the water has run from them faster than ever i have never seen any colours when i did so Note, this question was asked to discover whether the illusion called peacock's feathers could still be produced by pressure on the nerve End note. i have been struck on the eye since i have been blind and then i have seen a flash of fire like lightning i know it's been like that because i've seen the lightning sometimes when it's been very vivid even since i was stone blind it was terrible pain when i was struck on the eye a man one day was carrying some chairs along the street and struck me right in the eyeball with the end of the leg of one of the chairs and i fell to the ground with the pain i thought my heart was coming out of my mouth and then i saw the brightest flash that ever i saw either before or since i was blind Note, i irritated the ball of the eye with the object of discovering whether the nerve was decayed but found it impossible to produce any luminous impression though i suspect this arose principally from the difficulty of getting him to direct his eye in the proper direction End note. i know the difference of colours because i remember them but i can't distinguish them by my touch nor do i think that any blind man in the world ever could i have heard of blind people playing at cards but it's impossible they can do so any other way than by having them marked i know many that play cards that way he was given two similar substances but of different colours to feel but could not distinguish between them both were the same to him he said with the exception that one felt stiffer than the other i know hundreds of people myself and they know hundreds more and none of us has ever heard of one that could tell colours by the feel there's blind people in the school can tell the colours of their rods but they do so by putting their tongue to them and so they can distinguish them that's been dipped in copperas from them that hasn't 
i know blind people can take a clock to pieces and put it together again as well as any person that can see blind people gets angry when they hear people talk of persons seeing with their fingers a man has told me that a blind person in st james's workhouse could read the newspaper with his fingers but that the blind know is quite impossible many blind men can i am told distinguish between the several kinds of wood by touch alone mahogany oak ash elm deal they say have all a different feel they declare it is quite ridiculous the common report that blind people can discern colours by the touch one of my informants who assured me that he was considered to be one of the cleverest of blind people told me that he had made several experiments on this subject and never could distinguish the least difference between black or red or white or yellow or blue or indeed any of the mixed colours my wife said one went blind so young that she doesn't never remember having seen the light and i am often sorry for her that she has no idea of what a beautiful thing light or colours is we often talk about it together and then she goes a little bit melancholy because i can't make her understand what the daylight is like or the great delight that there is in seeing it i've often asked whether she knows that the daylight and the candlelight is of different colours and she has told me she thinks they are the same but then she has no notion of colours at all now it's such people as these i pities i told the blind man of sanderson's wonderful effect of imagination in conceiving that the art of seeing was similar to that of a series of threads being drawn from the distant object to the eye and he was delighted with the explanation saying he could hardly tell how a born blind man could come at such an idea on talking with this man he told me he remembered having seen a looking-glass once his mother was standing putting her cap on before it and he thought he never saw anything so pretty as the reflection of the half-mourning gown she had on and the white feathery pattern upon it he was five years old then he also remembered having seen his shadow and following it across the street these were the only two objects he can call to mind he told me that he knew many blind men who could not comprehend how things could be seen round or square all at once they are obliged they say to pass their fingers all over them and how it is that the shape of a thing can be known in an instant they cannot possibly imagine i found out that this blind man fancied the looking-glass reflected only one object at once only the object that was immediately in front of it and when i told him that looking in the glass i could see everything in the room and even himself with my back turned towards him he smiled with agreeable astonishment he said you see how little i've thought about the matter end of section seventy